Welcome to Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast, an official Apple podcast uh, supported by the Westport Library. And um, my name is Migs Burroughs. And I'm Trace Burroughs. And uh, if you enjoy the show, please give us a review and share it with your friends. Today, we're really excited to have Ruta Lee on our show. She's had an amazing career, has been in like hundreds of... appearances in every television show that you can think of like everyone that I've that I grew up with and, and 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 later on uh she's been in dozens of movies and she has a book out called consider your ass kissed and uh <laughs> um I'd love to hear some um uh, nuggets from that book. So, some ass kissing. Uh, you know, let's get into some serious <laughs> ass kissing. Ass kissing. <laughs> Well, isn't it nice to know, at least it is for me to know, that as a first-time writer, that I'm dealing with a show that is supported by a library. Now, you know, I always think of libraries as where they go, shh, and God forbid you say the word ass. (laughs) (laughs) Our library, actually, that you mentioned it, is one of the most progressive libraries in the country. Our our head director of the library, Bill Harmer, uh, came from Michigan, where he he got the Bill Gates Award for being the most progressive library in the country, and he came to our town. What a great compliment, and what... Kudos, wonderful. So, so they put this on their website, and they have thousands and thousands of, of uh, you know subscribers. And uh, maybe, yeah, and your book will hopefully get in. Will be in the library. Oh, I hope so. Uh, I, unfortunately, these days books are not ordered by thousands and mm. sitting in piles on beautiful tables. You know, in in the the bookshops when you walk in, you kind of have to order everything, and so. I must say that Amazon.com has sort of taken over everything, even though I am in Barnes and Noble and hopefully in a library somewhere. But you know, guys, there are some places where if I'm doing a podcast or a visit on a, a television station or whatever, where they will not allow me or anybody to say the word ass. <laughs> I keep thinking. If Jesus could ride into Jerusalem on his ass, I can certainly yeah. kiss it. <laughs> and, yeah. and it just seems so bizarre to me to say, consider your hoo-hoo kissed or consider your teet-teet kissed. Yeah, your That's much dirtier, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, that's really silly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so why is, well, yeah, why the, the title? Why, why the title? Does that mean okay. it's it's not a tell-all? I mean, it's a it's a kiss-all or not a tell-all? Yeah, well, it's a little kiss, it's a little tell, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's everything that's made my life go round and round, and it's been a wonderful life. And um, George Pinocchio, who is the red carpet man for ABC television, happens to be a very, very good friend. And uh, he became aware of the fact that Whenever I really wanted to say thank you, when people gave me a lot of money for the Thalians, which is Hollywood for mental health, or someone turned on a television set because I was on or came to a theater to see me in a a play or a musical or, or bought a ticket to a theater to see me, 
what could I do but say from the bottom of my heart, please consider your ass kissed. <laughs> uh -huh. And he said to me, Ruta, if you ever get this book of yours finished, because it took forever, uh, he said, it should be titled Consider Your Ass Kissed. And I took him seriously and I bit the bullet and said, why not? Well, if nothing else, the title does intrigue people. Yes, and attention. And, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart in full sincerity, because there have been so many wonderful people that have been instrumental in helping me uh, through my life and through my career. And I owe them all a great gratitude debt. And uh, so I just say, consider your ass kissed. Before you got into acting, I, I read that you worked at the Grauman Chinese Theater, the famous theater, <laughs> yeah. and you were like the, you know, an usherette and a, and and worked the candy, uh, you know, counter. And I said you were fired. Why did they fire you? <laughs> well, you you guys are old enough to remember what an usherette even did, right? I mean. Uh, clearly, movie palaces had ushers and usherettes to lead people to their seat and get them yeah. seated. And I loved it because I could stand at the top of the aisle and watch the great movie queens, you know, mm. Betty Grable and and uh, oh, everybody that worked in the movies. And I'd stand there and just smile and think, oh, please, dear God, let me do this someday. Oh. Let me do this. Well, that's fine. Now, I've got to explain that I have always been lousy in math terrible in math, failed it, got held back a year. Anyway, I could deal when they promoted me to candy girl with things because everything was 10 cents, 15 cents, 25 cents, 50 cents. You know, <laughs> remember the days when you could get popcorn for 50 cents? <laughs> uh, so, so that was okay. I, I, and then I could always scoot over and watch the movies because the, the candy bar was right next door to the top aisle. Then one night, the cashier got sick, mm. and they put me into the ticket booth. And I said, oh, I, I can't. I, I just can't. <laughs> I can't. And they said, no, 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 no. The machine does it all. You just put in two tickets at a dollar ninety-eight. Ha! Remember when tickets were a dollar ninety-eight? Oh, sure. And and uh, and then you put in ten dollars if that's what they give you, and it'll give you the right change. Well, the machine obviously failed terribly, and we were forty dollars short that night. Wow. And I think they thought I took it, and I got fired. Oh. And I sat there crying to, to the, the the manager. You'll be sorry one of these days my hand and footprints will be here. And I didn't take the money. I'm just lousy in math. And it's not my fault you gave me that job. Well, fade out, fade in, boys. <laughs> A lot of years later, when I get my star, my beautiful star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, where is my star? No, but right. directly in front of the friggin' box office. <laughs> so I came back. Is that my guardian angels working yes, right. and, and serendipity working its charm? I just love that story. And yes. it's just it's so wonderful. And when I got my star, my speakers, you know, you, you have a couple of speakers at the event and it was wonderful. Uh, were the one and only my sister in charity, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie, I'm always mm. talking about you. And, of course, the wondrous Alex Trebek. 
Oh, and yeah. I'm assuming that they're both having cocktails and uh, smiling down <laughs> on all of question. us right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah I got oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm I didn't hear you pass it to me. Um, yeah, well, why don't we talk about the Thalians? And where does that name? That's not from uh, Irving Thalberg or something. Where do the Thalians come from? What is that Thalia, name? Thalia. Thalia. is one of the nine muses, one of the goddesses, the Greek goddesses, and she was the goddess of comedy. Mm -hmm. And she also took care of straying lambs. So when a group of young Hollywood people decided they were tired of being called pot-smoking, hard-drinking, sex-minded assholes who had <laughs> nothing to contribute to society, said, you know, we get together to party and we hang around the piano and we sing and dance and carry on. Why don't we put a show together, sell tickets and give the money to a worthwhile charity? That was a great idea. So they sent out Jane Mansfield and Mamie Van Dorn. Well, yeah, we you want to talk tits galore. Yeah, we, were right? just, <laughs> we were just talking about her. We just talked about her today. That's yeah. So there you are. <laughs> and they went out and they looked around for a, a meaningful charity to give our money to. And they came back saying, well, all the major diseases have been taken. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but they did find a doctor who was dealing with emotionally disturbed children. And he described one of those kids as an apple that was rotting in a barrel. Mm. It, would, it would rot the entire barrel if it wasn't fixed and the entire community in this case. So we went in worrying about emotionally disturbed children. And 18 years later, the Thalians built the first building that went in at the Cedar sinai which is very famous uh, complex here in Los Angeles. And it was the Thalians Community Mental Health Center. And we dealt in mental health from pediatric through geriatric. And then some 50 years later, 55 years later, we woke up to the fact that we were missing the boat on something. Even though we were raising millions and millions of dollars, they weren't going to the people who really deserved it. And they were our returning young Mm. men and women, our veterans, who came home often not only with, with fractured bodies, but with fractured minds. Mm -hmm. And so we decided that we would put our focus now directly onto the plight of the returning veterans. So we joined up with UCLA's Operation MEND. Op MEND tries to heal the broken and fractured bodies, the faces, the arms, the legs, and we Thalians are trying to heal the fractured mind and spirit. And so any of your listeners and, and any of our viewers today, if you have a few extra dollars, go to the Thalians, spelled T-H-A-L-I-A-N-S, thethalians.org, not com, but org, and you can read about us. And if you have a few dollars, whether it's a dollar or five dollars or fifty thousand dollars it will be very much appreciated by our returning veterans who are so willing to put their lives on the line for us wherever we send them into harm's way and yet they come back to the united states deserving the very best mm -hmm. we have to offer and sometimes they're forgotten about and I they slip through the cracks yeah and it's up to us 
to do something about it. So we Thalians are doing something about it. And thank you for sharing your audience with me so that I can sing my praises of the Thalians and what we're doing and ask for help helping our beautiful veterans. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have a local, uh, it's it's not an organization. Well, it is. It's called Homeless for the Brave. And it's for home, oh. it, it, homeless uh veterans and we yes. get some of us in a group give go there and do art lessons for them oh, but the, it's amazing yeah you know it's just heartbreaking i mean they're all competent people that just got uh, think be part of the whole package you know they always promise join the army and we'll pay for college but oh sure back it's like yeah where, where's they should be you know where's the help i mean they get some help but it doesn't go far enough you know no and people right. you have to start begging for help, you know, when they should be instant, should be everything should be taken care of when you come back. If you're hurt mentally, that's right. I think my my great interest uh, in in our veterans is that I've uh, done so many shows for the military, whether it was with Bob Hope or or uh, Johnny Grant, who did the sub tours, and uh, and of course in the process of of doing these shows which were amazing. It's it's tough on the girls because you don't know where you're going to be able to wash your hair and roll it and, you know, mm-hmm. to get pretty uh, for the shows. But I visited a lot of hospitals and it, it's a very interesting experience to hold yourself together and not fall apart when you see kids that have been crippled and maimed forever, uh, simply doing their duty. Like I say, laying their lives on the line. Yeah. And, um, I, I just knew that these people needed help. And yes, there are a lot of illnesses that we support. My God, Americans are the most generous people on the face of this earth. But I somehow can't get as upset about some drug-ridden, drug-abusing person uh, that needs help as much as I do about our veterans. They really need our help. I mean, they were willing to give. Why aren't we willing to give? That's it, right. They're the ones who've, yeah, yeah. they've proven their, uh, yeah, their worth. They've already yes. given so much. But well, can we switch gears to a silly? Sure. Well, I, not so silly. We, we just interviewed somebody. We won't mention who he is. But, and he was in Hollywood. He was an actor. Um, actually, he was the first, he claims to be the first gay actor, right? Trace the uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he was he was out not outing people. No, that's not the right word. He was well, yeah, he was outing people that were annoying. <laughs> he was outing people that were annoying, and the top of his list was Paul Lind. And you oh! were him on Hollywood Squares, and he just said, Well, what did he say? He didn't like it. He was a he really was nasty, you know, he had mean Paul, and nasty. You know, very you know sardonic and that bit like laugh, and he was always like you know seemed like he was bitter and stuff that was <laughs> stick. But he says no, really, tur- he turned into that. I mean, that might have started out as a. It was bitter and angry and mean. Yeah. I mean did you get any of that as, as an as a character? But well, I can comment uh, this way. I mean, I worked with him for years, right. and we did a lot of tours and places uh, together. Uh, that were, you know, kind of all-star groups that made an appearance. Um, he was one of the funniest oh, innately yeah. men I've ever known and a great entertainer, but he was a terrible drunk. 
Oh, okay. that's when yeah. he got mean and nasty. Oh, okay, that's when you had to be very careful. He he would become a viper, you know. So I can understand somebody now. How close was this guy to him? Let's out him now. Well, he's gay. Well, he, he yeah, they're both gay. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> This the man we. Oh yeah, he yeah he claims that dated you know Brock Hudson and all the gay actors. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, of course, you know it's it's very interesting because times have so changed and the press has so changed. Now everybody talks about it and blah blah blah. In those days, we all knew that people were gay. Those of us in the industry, sure, we knew they were gay. But you didn't make a big issue about it. And why out somebody who cared really if they were entertaining and wonderful? Why worry about it? Uh, and and so I I just kind of am distressed somewhat that it has to be such a big open thing now. Who cares what yeah. your sexual preferences are? True. True. As long as you're not hurting somebody down the long way, it's all by choice. Who cares? God made all of us. Yeah. For better or for worse, he made all of us. Yeah, amen. I, I got a provocative question for you. <laughs> okay. So, like being a, a woman a, starting out and young woman, going, did you ever have to deal with like a Harvey Weinstein kind of situation? Because uh, I know, you know, with some producer, and how did you handle that? Or if, if you can tell us, like, like well, did you let's put it this way I never really got chased around a desk. Of course, I never put myself into positions like a lot of young women have done by going up to hotel rooms and, and doing all of that kind of thing, you know, at night. Come on, yeah. use your brains, girls, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, unless, you're, unless you're planning to use another part of your body to <laughs> part, you know. Uh, but I used to think, what the hell's the matter with me? No one's chasing me oh, around the uh, desk. Maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe the boobs aren't big enough. You know, maybe maybe something. Uh, but I found, I think the answer was that I always had a wild sense of humor and I used it whenever anything was the least bit kind of touchy or uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I made a joke out of it so that nobody's feelings were hurt Nobody was upset by the fact that I turned them down. Uh, uh, it, it just became a joke. And to this day, the guys on sets and, and producers, et cetera, I would go out for drinks with after the shoot and swap body stories and have a great time. And the guys always loved me, but never came on to me, which I think is kind of a backwards compliment, yeah, no. but yeah. but a, a nice one because uh, I I never really had to face any kind of that dirty crap that uh, yeah. young girls speak of. They had yeah. It, well, you've you've worked with so many. I mean, the list is endless, but to name a few for our audience, say Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds, Charles Bronson, James Garner, Johnny Carson, Fred Astaire, Robin Williams, Bob Crane, Frank Sinatra, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm just curious, you know, they always, everyone has a persona and people love, you know, Johnny Carson's persona and on TV and, but apparently he was a very introspective, quiet, very moody yes. guy, right? Yes. And he, and Fred Astaire is this elegant, wonderful, I mean, yes. is there anyone that you can say that, that was who they appeared to be 
I mean, you know, you know, really, I, I almost think they all are yeah. what they appear to be. I mean, you, you mentioned Jimmy Garner. Mm -hmm. He was one of the dearest, loveliest people in the world. You know, um, I, I write about him in the book. Fred Astaire, I write about because he was very kind of quiet and, and laid back and somewhat shy, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and yet he took an interest in me, which was very nice. And uh, he used to send me little notes saying, um, I didn't care for that particular episode of something. Uh, you were wearing something that didn't flatter the thing, you know. <laughs> and did I save any of those notes? Oh, oh. no. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, I could have put them in the book, you know. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Bronson was... Uh, kind of yeah. a little bit uh, on a surly edge, you know, but not really. He 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 was quite wonderful and very charitable when it came to the Thalians. He and his beautiful wife used to oh. come all the time. And to this day, I still get a Christmas card from his last wife who lives now in the East somewhere. And uh, gosh, I've known some wonderful yeah. people. Uh I think the one that that uh, threw me a little bit, mm. and he did throw me a little bit and <laughs> knock me out, and in more ways than than just uh, in admiring him, he knocked me out because he hit my head against oh. the wall when he threw me over his shoulder. Was um, the marshal? Uh, oh my God! I, suddenly, I dropped his name. Um, marshal Dillon. Who am I talking about? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. James Arness, right? James Arness, exactly. Yes, right. yeah. And I had not realized that he was the thing. Right. Do oh, you yeah. remember that? Sure. Oh, there yeah. was that giant carrot or whatever. Yeah, it was. I was shocked when I read that too. Wasn't it was like that a great sci-fi movie? Yes, that was. I love that movie. Yeah. Of course, that was Howard Hawks. Oh, was it? Yeah, one of his must have been his first because that was a cheese kind of a B movie, right? But it turned it out was, but boy, it sure became a cult favorite. Yeah, oh yeah. So how did was this when he threw hit your head? Was that in? Oh, a movie? I, I write about this in my book in, in okay. Consider Your Ass Kissed. Uh, I I was playing this darling little tart. They're always more fun to play. You know, the hookers <laughs> are much more fun than the good girls, and uh, I was trying to entice him into. Uh, my bedroom and and it didn't have a door on the bedroom it had a curtain you know one of those pullback heavy curtains and instead of enticing him into the bed I enticed him into picking up a quilt throwing it over my head throwing me over his shoulder and taking me down the hall to Miss Kitty's room and as he pulled the curtain and swung his body my head which Ooh. is back here Oh. hit the door frame uh, and i went out like a light oh my and God. it was the most amazing thing to come to guys yeah. with marshall dillon's tears running oh. down his cheeks slapping my face saying oh. oh my god did i kill you i didn't kill you did i, I didn't kill you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a sweet that's a, a sweet moment for me to remember I did several of those uh, Gunsmoke episodes, and uh, boy, I really liked him. But he he was a funny guy. 
Oh yeah. Was he? He never. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, part of his see, you know, he had that. Uh, his character was very stoic. Uh, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like and, and he, but he was great fun on the set. Uh, Andy, uh, not Andy uh, Griffith was <laughs> also great fun on the set. Yeah, that was one of my favorite. All those shows we bought makes, you know, we grew up. Yeah. All those shows and. Andy Griffith is still one of my favorite shows. And Don Knotts as a comedic actor was unbelievable. Just fabulous. One, one of my, my favorite, favorite episodes. Yeah. I snow him into thinking that he's a big cheese. <laughs> in the meantime, I'm the reporter getting dirt yeah. on him, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, are they, you know, so the, the, the director says cut. Is this Don Knotts for in, to pick one, you know, curl up in a ball and go away and be all no. and grammar. He's just there and present. He's there and and carrying on. Yeah. Uh, and Andy, would, of course, would grab a guitar and oh. sing and play. And uh, sometimes the songs were a little bit bawdy, and it was just <laughs> such fun. My my only regret is that I didn't spend a lot of time with young Opie because he's oh. now the major producer right. in Hollywood and I haven't worked for the SOB. So <laughs> I guess it's my own damn fault, right? <laughs> I remember uh, Andy Griffith did a face in the crowd. Oh my God, what a good did movie. You got to see that movie. It's a total different. Yeah, and he was so good in that. It's also actually a precursor of politics and his whole uh narcissistic thing that he is doing oh, he was he yeah. was so good in that you know and, and frightening i mean I, frightening. it's yeah. hard to watch dandy griffith again I've, I've been invited to of course his hometown and i've never really uh had time to join the group there but oh, that no. would be kind of fun to go and visit uh well i still have the strength and the energy to go yeah, they do have Mayberry. Uh, it's like a tourist thing, right? Right. Yeah, uh -huh. and, and it's a big convention ones. every year, and people come in from all over. It's yeah. astounding. I I did go one year. I was asked to the big festival that they do for Lucille Ball in um, oh, where the hell is it? Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. I'll I'll call you at two in the morning. <laughs> sure, please. Uh, in in New York, and uh, that was amazing because people came in from. China and Japan and, oh. and Ireland and everywhere else uh, to celebrate her birthday every year. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, people get shown around and they get to go to the cemetery where she's buried next to her mom. And uh, it was a, a great treat for me because uh, I had a big theater full of people and they ran a couple of the, the guest shows that I did with Lucy. And it was such fun to talk about her because she was such a good friend to me in so oh, many nice. ways. It's and what a great television. day. What a great day. Television performers, I watch television while I'm here. I work in a, a studio, you know, I do my work. But I mean, I see more, the people I see in TV, I, I see more than I do real life people. You know I mean? It's like you give a son. It just sure. comes you your family. Back. It's like a family because you, you, they're always there. I've seen them. You know Jennifer Aniston a million, a million times. Yes, and uh, it's interesting with TV, even though it's like, you know, said totally. it's not real life. But anyhow, I have a question because it was in your uh, your bio about um, trying out for Ginger and Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to hear that story. <laughs> well, 
Unfortunately, it was exactly the same as I faced with having uh, beautiful uh, girls that with big boobs. I, I tested for it and I looked sensational in my beautiful black beaded mm. dress mm. that uh, ha had been done for me. But my knockers simply were not the size of gingers. <laughs> so Tina Louise got the job. And yeah. I must say, she was lovely in it and beautiful. And, and everybody became kind of friends of mine through the years. But uh, what fun it would have been to do a series that was that successful for that long. And then I'm sure the residuals they must have gotten, well, you got 13 of them, and then maybe they made deals when the, when yeah. the shows were sold and yeah. still are being seen everywhere. I don't know if anybody gets a penny from them, That's, but uh, wow, what, what a lovely thing that would have been. I saw read some review with the guy who played Eddie Munster, and he said he made thirty thousand dollars back then. You know, like now, if you're on like the Big Bang Theory, you make a million dollars an episode. Yeah, he made thirty thousand a year, I think it was. But he says back then, a, a major ball player also made thirty thousand a year. Money was different. You know, obviously, very different. You could buy okay. more things with thirty thousand than you can today. I made a boo boo, and in fact, I talk about it in the book. Uh, you know, I was offered uh, a contract at um, Warner Brothers where I worked continuously because I'm a hard worker. I come in, I'm professional, I do my, my what I'm supposed to do. And then I sit with the gang and laugh and scratch and have a very good time with the set, you know, everybody on the set in the meantime. So producers and directors always like me over there. And the guys were offering me uh, a contract, but contract players, I mean, everybody was getting like, I think $350 a week or something. Mm. And as a guest star on one of their shows, I was getting $750 a week, which seemed like a fortune to me, you know? And, uh, so I didn't take the contract. I said, no, I don't want to work that hard. But of course I was stupid in that when you're under contract to a studio, everything is done for you. Your lessons, if you need them, are free. If you have to take fencing, it's done for you. If you have to take singing, it's done for you. If you're gonna make an appearance, you have wardrobe to wear, you're outfitted, you're, you're driven there, you're taken. And, and above all, the publicity machine that the studio has is worth millions and millions wow. of dollars to any young performer. You know, all of those young people that came up during that period uh, and, and became famous uh, was thanks to the, the PR. And uh, if, if you don't sign a contract, then you've got to do all that yourself. And it's costly to have PR persons and, and managers and agents and, oh. But... Um, Anyway, I'm still here and still oh my God. appreciative of everything that I got from Warner Brothers. And you still, I mean, you had like so many, uh, we've had other actors on, but I've never seen like a list like yours. Oh, no. like, 2,000 TV shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you take that? Were you tr- tr- trained to, to be an actress or just came? Not really. I, I think I innately was was born with the, a certain gift. Uh, I was always much more of a show off than the rest of the kids in my kindergarten class. Mm-hmm. And therefore, my kindergarten teacher and I owe my whole career to her as far as I'm concerned, uh, would put me in her shows. And she would said to my mom, you know, your daughter's a little different. What you really need to do is give her some lessons, Hmm. give her music lessons, give her dancing lessons, give her whatever. And God bless my mother, Lithuanian born, very heavy accented, poor, came from very poor families in Lithuania, uh, would, uh, you know, save the money and uh, pick me up from school and take me on the bus, packing me a lunch uh, to go for a music lesson or a dancing lesson. And uh, I hated the lessons, but I loved performing. And that exists to this day. Rehearsal is not my favorite thing in the world. But boy, getting out on that stage and performing and hearing the audience laugh or hearing them applaud and getting a standing ovation if I'm lucky and then getting a check at the end of the week. (laughs) Woo! How fabulous can it get? Yeah. Wow. Well, we have a little bit, a minute or two left, but I, I was always curious, what is your, you know, in your, you wake up, your personal life for you, do you have a hell, very healthy re- regimen for your life? Do you swim you know, no. behind you? But, you know, <laughs> that? No, it's just no regimens of any kind. Yoga. And of course, I kept thinking as I get older, and I'm older than dirt now, uh, that it would get easier. Well, somehow it just seems to get busier. Oh. I am a, a landlady, so I have thing, you know, rentals and things that I worry about. I bought property. That's the first thing that I learned from my very hardworking parents was save your money and buy what you live in and something next door to it that you can rent. So uh, that's always worked well for me. And I do have three homes. I have the big house in LA, which was once lived in by Orson Welles and Rita Hayworth. And so I keep rubbing my ass on the walls. The (laughs) glamour will come off. And I have a home in Palm Springs. Uh, That's thanks to Darren McGavin. He's the one that made the deposit on it for me and insisted that I buy it. And and then I have a place in Mexico as well at uh, in Manzanillo at the Hotel Las Hadas where 10 was shot, if everybody remembers that. Yeah, Sam, sure. So, so I sleep around. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a home in Fort Worth as well. So I'm, I'm really all over the place. And, uh, and I love it. And I'm grateful to show business for letting me make a, a living in it. I've never been above the title in movies. Hmm. Uh, I have been in theater. But Lord knows I've had a very long, wonderful career for which I thank God and I thank my parents and I thank the fans who have supported me all through the years. And I'm always the one that says I don't make fans, I make friends. Hmm. And I'm very grateful to all those friends. And I include you as my friends and letting me and sharing your wonderful audiences with me. Well, that's very kind. I was just going to say you made two new friends here and uh, you've been so wonderful to us and with your time. And I'm so glad we could, you know, introduce yeah, you. Interesting stories. I don't Thank think you need an introduction, but people will be happy to see you. If you come out to California my way, 
Mm -hmm. Let me know, and I'll buy you a glass of wine, and we can sit and talk. Okay, sounds Very good. Careful what you, <laughs> what you <laughs> wish for. In the meantime, my darling friends and your audience, consider your ass kissed. Available on Amazon.com. Love you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.